everyone. This is Nicholas Bolick and Hanna Langdell, Duke Plastic Surgery residents with The Resident Review. Uh, today, we're going to be continuing our quick hit series, uh, getting ready for our in-service exam coming up. And we're going to be talking about rhinoplasty. So Hannah, do you want to start us off with some nasal anatomy? Sure. Thanks, Nick. So the blood supply to the nose are branches from the ophthalmic and the facial arteries. The ophthalmic is a branch of the internal carotid artery, and it gives off the anterior ethmoidal, dorsal nasal, and external nasal arteries. And the facial artery is a branch of the external carotid and gives off the superior labial or columellar artery, the angular artery, which then becomes the lateral nasal artery. And importantly, the columellar artery is sacrificed in an open tip rhinoplasty. So this means that the lateral nasal artery is the primary blood supply to the nose uh, with this approach. So guidelines for safe dissection of the lateral nasal arteries include making sure to hug the cartilage of the lateral cura and staying in a subperichondrial plane. The nose is innervated by the ophthalmic and maxillary branches of cranial nerve 5, and the septum is innervated by the septal branch of the anterior ethmoidal nerve. And there are several important muscles to be aware of. So these include the levator labii superioris aliqui nasi, which contributes to the external nasal valve patency, and then the depressor septi, which can shorten the lip and decrease the tip projection. And this is what's known uh, to cause the smiling deformity. So there are three nasal vaults. The upper vault consists of paired nasal bones. And rocker deformity can occur when uh, you make osteotomies that extend into the nasal bones above the level of the medial canthus. And this can cause fragment lateralization. The middle vault includes the upper lateral cartilages and the dorsal septum. The upper lateral cartilages overlap with the nasal bones for approximately six to eight millimeters and lie posterior. And this is called the keystone area and is the widest part of the nasal dorsum. The middle vault also contains the internal nasal valve. And the borders are something that we're often tested on. And these are the caudal edge of the upper lateral cartilage, the septum, the anterior portion of the inferior turbinate, the piriform margin, and the nasal floor. Its normal angle is 10 to 15 degrees, and it's the narrowest portion of the nasal aperture, which contributes up to 50% of the nasal airway resistance. And you can use the caudal maneuver to test for internal nasal valve collapse. And this consists of pulling the ipsilateral cheek laterally, and the patient will report improved air movement. And this confirms that there is internal nasal valve collapse. Then finally, the lower vault is composed of the lower lateral cartilages, and the lower lats are composed of the medial, middle, and lateral crura. And the scroll is the area uh, of abutment between the upper and lower lateral cartilages. The lower vault contains the external nasal valve and is bounded by the lateral cruce, the ala, and the septum. And incompetence of the external nasal valve manifests as collapse on inspiration. Finally, the septum is a quadrangular septal cartilages, cartilage that articulates with the perpendicular plate of the ethmoid and the vomer. And the turbinates are paired bony structures that regulate and humidify inspired air. So the inferior turbinate separates 
We'll just stop with the turbinates are bony structures that regulate and humidify inspired air. Nick, do you want to take us through the surgical approaches? Sure, let's do it. So rhinoplasty can be either closed or open. Uh, and the advantage of a closed rhinoplasty includes decreased edema, uh, decreased operative time, faster recovery, and lack of scars. And the disadvantage, obviously, would be poor visualization and a more difficult dissection. So the incisions that can be made uh, for a closed rhinoplasty include ALAR incisions, uh, which include the intercartilaginous incision between the upper lateral cartilage and the lower lateral cartilage, the transcartilaginous, transcartilaginous incision uh, located at the level of the lower lateral cartilage, and the marginal incision made at the caudal aspect of the lower lateral cartilage. The rim incision is located in the ALAR rim and may be used with intercartilaginous incision to deliver the LLCs. We also can use septal incisions, and these include the transfixion incision, and this is where the entire septum is incised at the membranous and cartilaginous junctions. This is great for access of the hanging columella and access to the caudal septum. The limited transfixion incision leaves the attachment of the medial coral footplates. The hemitransfixion incision is a unilateral incision at the junction of the caudal septum and the columella. The high septal transfixion incision uh, does not violate the junction of the caudal septum. And the Killian incision is made one to two centimeters posterior to the caudal septum. Um, it is not ideal for visualization of the caudal septum. And this is used more for a focused approach to deviation of the septum while preserving tip support. Uh, some of the uh, grafts that can be used in rhinoplasty, we can either use autologous or autologous tissue or allografts. Autologous tissue, we can use septal cartilage, ear, or rib grafts. Um, composite auricular grafts can be used to address vestibular lining shortage, which may be due to contracture from prior surgery. And this is a point that we were tested on in last year's exam. Uh, allografts, including acellular dermal matrix, irradiated rib, and silicone PTFE can also be used. Irradiated rib cartilage can be good, uh, a good alternative to autologous tissue, but a somewhat higher risk profile over autologous tissue. So let's review some specific goals of rhinoplasty. When we talk about addressing the nasal tip, um, the tip projection is dependent on the lower lateral cartilage and the soft tissue and suspensory ligaments of the lower lats and the upper lateral cartilage. In trying to increase tip projection, we can use different techniques, including grafts and sutures. Uh, sutures are carefully placed through certain aspects of either one or both of the LLCs in order to achieve a desired tip shaping effect. These can be medial curl sutures, interdomal sutures, transdomal sutures, or medial curl septal sutures. So we can also use grafts uh, to increase tip projection. We can use columnar strut grafts, septal extension grafts, onlay tip grafts, and shield grafts. Um, something we've been tested on before are subdomal grafts, and these can be used to correct the pinched nasal deformity, which occurs with decreased interdomal distance, so a shorter distance between the two domes. And the subdomal graft is placed beneath these domes to correct this deformity. In order to uh, improve tip rotation, several options exist, including a cephalic trim of the LLCs, caudal septum resection, columnar strut or septal extension grafts, or suture techniques used to suspend LLCs. We were recently tested on columnar strut versus septal extension grafts, and the fact that septal extension grafts have been shown to be superior in preserving tip rotation compared to columnar strut grafts. Cephalic trim uh, can be used also to improve tip rotation. It is important that six millimeters should be left behind to prevent instability and prevent notching, uh, and to avoid external now valve dysfunction. We also uh, try to address tip definition with rhinoplasty, including wide angles of divergence that can be create, create a variance of a boxy tip. This is corrected with suture techniques of the LLCs as well as lateral curl strut grafts. 
couple deformities that we think about are the parentheses tip, and this is caused by vertical, vertical orientation of the LSEs and corrected with lateral curl struck grafts. And the bulbous tip, this is caused by a convexity of the LSC or a wide angle divergence treated by cephalic trim and transdomal sutures and lateral curl mattress sutures if the LLC is convex. We also frequently address the nasal dorsum in rhinoplasty, and one of the most common maneuvers is hump reduction. This is typically accomplished with an osteotome and a rasp, and the upper lateral cartilage is separated from the nasal bones, which may result in the inverted V deformity. And this refers to the visibility of the caudal edge of the nasal bones caused by collapse of the upper, upper lateral cartilages. This can cause airway narrowing and distortion of the aesthetic lines. This can be corrected with a spreader graft placed between the septum and the upper lateral cartilages. Alternatively, upper lateral cartilage spanning sutures can be used to reestablish the relationship of the dorsal medial edges of the UCL and the septum. And nasal dorsal augmentation, another way to address the nasal dorsum, several options exist, including septal cartilage grafts, auricular or costal cartilage, um, which do carry a warping risk, dice cartilage grafts, which are referred to as a Turkish delight technique, and synthetic implants. Turkish delight, dorsal, wow. Yeah. Actually, we've been tested on that point before. Huh. Uh, dor dorsal online grafts can be used to improve contour. Um, radix grafts can be used for upper, upper dorsal defects and augmenting, augmenting the nasal frontal angle. And fillers may also be used for dorsal augmentation of the nasal dorsum and sidewalls. And importantly, when using these fillers, we need to inject above the periosteum or in the SMAS plane, otherwise known as the subperichondrial plane, to avoid the risk of intravascular injection. Hannah, do you want to take me here talking about some osteotomies? Yes. So there are two different types of osteotomies that we'll cover, uh, medial osteotomy and a lateral osteotomy. So medial osteotomies consist of medial oblique or perimedian osteotomies. And these are used to narrow or widen the bony vault and will displace the vault from the septum. And you perform these prior to lateral osteotomies. Um, so lateral osteotomies are used to narrow the bony vault or correct an open roof deformity. And complications associated with osteotomies are the rocker deformity, and this can occur after a medial osteotomy that goes beyond the thick portion of the radix, and this causes rocking of the lateral portion distally after positioning of the proximal portion medially. Um, the next area we'll talk about is the nasal ala. And you can use grafts mainly for ailer contour, and these can be anatomic or non-anatomic grafts. Uh, Over-resection of the lower lateral cartilages may cause ailer rim deformities. Um, so there are several grafts. The first that we'll talk about is an ailer batten graft. And this is a pocket from the piriform aperture to the paramedian position in the nasal sidewall. And these are used for external nasal valve collapse. The alar rim graft, you create a subcutaneous pocket above and parallel to the nasal rim, and this can correct uh, alar retraction. The lateral curl shrug graft, are, these are placed underneath the lateral cura, typically after cephalic trim, and they extend to the piriform aperture inferior to the alar groove. And this can correct lateral curl malposition or external nasal valve collapse, as well as convexity of the lateral cura or a boxy tip. Uh, and these, like the ALR rim grafts, can be used to correct external valve collapse. The lateral curl turnover graft, so for this, the cephalic portion of the lateral cura is turned over 
onto the remaining caudal lateral crura, and this can improve the shape of the lateral crura. And then a wide ala can be corrected with wedge excisions as well. So there are many different reasons that a patient may present with nasal obstruction. So airway patency and function typically are evaluated with rhinomanometry for dynamic evaluation, as well as nasal endoscopy or CT scan to determine the reason for obstruction. So patients may have a deviated septum, and this is treated with septal work, including resection, scoring, different kinds of strut grafts, sutures. So a septal resection or septoplasty is scoring of the quadrangular cartilage to influence the shape and attempt to straighten it. A septoplasty cannot straighten a C-shaped deformity. In this case, you would need to perform a septal resection. For an L-strut, when you harvest the septal cartilage, you must make sure that you leave one centimeter of the caudal and dorsal septum intact to prevent a saddle nose deformity, which is collapse of the dorsum. Uh, if there is a L-strut fracture, this can be amended with spreader grafts. Uh, so spreader grafts are fixed between the dorsal septum and the upper lateral cartilages in the submucoperichondrial pocket. And the goal is to improve the internal nasal valve patency, to straighten the septum, and to correct an open roof or an inverted V deformity. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us through uh, talking about turbinate hypertrophy? Yeah, definitely. So this is something we've been tested on previously. Um, so we have turbinate hypertrophy. There are two techniques for reduction. Uh, the first is outfracture, and this is used for simple submucosal thickening. Uh, this is an attempt to lateralize the inferior turbinate using a blunt instrument. This is usually performed with a uh, Bose elevator, and recurrence rate are pretty high, as high as 50%. You also can perform submucosal resection, and this is used for bony hypertrophy of the inferior turbinate. This is removal of some overlying bone while leaving the mucosa in place. And this is the only reduction technique that restores mucociliary clearance and secretory production. And that is something we've been tested on in the past. Uh, the empty nose syndrome is recalcitrant and paradoxical symptoms of nasal obstruction and suffocation despite a widely patent nasal airway. And this may result from complete removal of that inferior turbinate. Obstruction can also occur at the nasal valves. Um, the external nasal valve can be obstructed due to weakened uh, lower lateral cartilages leading to collapse. The internal nasal valve obstruction can be treated by increasing uh, the angle, and typically this is done with spreader grafts. There's a couple of complications that we think about with rhinoplasty. Some that we've tested on in the past are uh, CSF leak. And when performing a septal rhinoplasty, CFS, CSF leak may result from disruption of the perpendicular plate. And to test for this, you send off a beta-2 transferrin, and symptoms include headache and watery rhinorrhea. Septal perforation is another complication, and this may occur from bilateral mucosal tears, typically presenting as crusting, whistling, and bleeding. This can be treated with local flaps and cartilage grafts. And finally, just a kind of random point we've been tested on in the past, some perioperative medications that can be used for rhinoplasty are cortisone, and this has been shown to decrease edema and ecchymosis. So that kind of wraps up our overview of rhinoplasty. There's a lot of details there, a lot to learn, but it's a commonly tested topic and uh, something that's important to review. Thank you. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natral is one of the portfolios available to you. 
To learn more, visit naturelsurgeon.com.